Welcome to Scrollin', a podcast about the Elder Scrolls Online. I'm Ket. I'm Davius. This is episode number 32. couple of quick announcements. Uh, one, you'll notice the audio probably sounds a lot different this time. That's because, uh, as I mentioned uh, previously, I just got uh, just got finished moving to a new house and a bunch of my stuff is in boxes. Uh, and the microphone that I normally use, um, I can't find the cable that I need to plug it in. So uh, I'm just using a normal like gaming headset this time. Um, but so we'll be back. We'll be back to normal. I'll find that cable before next time. It'll be we'll be back to normal. Um, the other announcement is, uh, as 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 foretold, we are back. We we skipped last week's episode. I told you we'd be back this week, and here we are. Here we're we back. Are. It's true. I can I can vouch for it. We're really back. <laughs> yeah, Davis Davis is here. He's a witness. Uh, we're back. Man, this is gonna be the longest episode, longest podcast ever made i think buckle i'm pretty up. sure everybody just buckle up here we go oh man it's a it's a q4 dlc you know that we're going to be talking about which is i don't know usually a q4 dlc is kind of uneventful but this one's a big one man this is a really really big one yeah um so last week uh they announced that um the q4 dlc this year is going to be called uh Markarth. Um, this is going to be um, this is going to be released on November second for PC, November tenth for consoles, uh, and the public test server is live right now. We just finished uh, the first week um, of the public test server, um, so all those notes are available. They're out there. Highly recommend you go and read over the entirety of the notes because there's a lot of stuff, a lot of seemingly small things that could actually impact you quite a bit. Um, so. We're going to talk about a lot of it here, uh, the stuff that kind of Davius and I have picked out uh, as being the juicy stuff. Um, but, you know, we can't account for what is in everyone's builds and what's important to everyone. So definitely take a look at stuff because things are being shaken up quite a bit. Uh, and if you spend a fair amount of time in this game and you have some builds that you really like, I think it's worth it's worth being somewhat informed uh, about these kinds of things, I think. Um, so this new DLC, as with always with a, with a Q4 DLC, uh, this is a new zone that we're getting, uh, and they say it's going to be like about the size of, uh, Merkmire is what the, the developers have compared it to. It's called Markarth. Um, well, the zone, the zone is called the reach, uh, and it's just South of our, of the, the newest Western Skyrim zone that we just got. Um, Typical zone stuff you get, you know, it's a new zone. There's a bunch of new quests, delves, public dungeons, world bosses, all that kind of stuff. This is going to conclude the Dark Heart of Skyrim year-long story that we've been going through this whole year. I'm a little, I'm a little sad that you're announcing the end of, of Nord times, but... The end of the Nord year. we still have this entire Nord zone coming. Um, super pumped about that. And, the, and just the... The Nord domain that is accessible has just has been expanded, yeah. you know, so we can now when you when you have all your Nords going through all the Nord zones, clearing them all, you have I more have, to do. Now. I have more content. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My leveling yeah. zones have been expanded. This is fantastic. Davius uh, only plays the Nord zones. So, you know, it's a, the game is much smaller for him than yeah, it is for the rest of us. That's the only game. That's the only you know that's the size of the games the north stuff. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> i will say that markarth is my favorite you know going back to even the game skyrim markarth has always been my favorite nord town so 
I am. It's cool. Did you log into PTS this week at all? I have. I'm keeping. I want to be. I want the end game live surprise and excitement when I go to. Okay. Like, as soon as it launches, I'm going to go there, see the excitement. I don't want it spoiled for me with the, you know, with the the test server. I spoiled myself. I logged (laughs) in. I really just logged in to like test out some new armor set or something. Uh, And then while I was logged in, I was like, well, may as well go check out this new zone. Um, so, so I went, uh, to the reach and went to Mark Arth just to look around. I didn't dig too deep. I didn't start any quests or anything like that. I just kind of wanted to uh, see what things looked like and get some general impressions. Uh, one thing I think is cool is that you can straight walk there from Western Skyrim. You can just, you know, on your feet or on your mount or whatever you have to, you have to go through a door, but, sure. uh, you don't, you don't have to port there. I think that's kind of cool. That is really cool. It's about the size of Southern Elsewhere. Uh, the terrain is very similar to what we got in the last patch with uh, with Western Skyrim. Um, I think Markarth looks really, really cool, Davius. I think you in particular are, uh, are going to like it quite a bit. You, um, they they do a lot with like verticality and yes. depth uh, in a way that I really wasn't expecting. Like uh, it's a huge place, but when you first walk up on it, it doesn't look that big. It just looks like kind of this little small village like on the side of this cliff um but like it's like you as you walk into it it's like these these areas sort of open up and you realize like there's a whole bunch more over here that i didn't even realize and then all the stuff above you and below you and just every time you turn a corner it's like this whole other huge area that you didn't realize was there Uh, so it's like deceivingly big actually it's really cool you've already set my expectations when you said it's kind of got a norsinium vibe that's that's the exact thing that i want to hear that's what uh the developers, they had a live stream last week, and that's how they described it. So I'm just relaying their description. But I can, I get that vibe for sure. It's very Orsinium-esque, just with the the sense of immensity that you can get sometimes. And it makes you feel like you're so small. And correct me if I'm wrong here, but there's a new section. There'll be a new section of Blackreach too, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't think I went down to the – well, yeah, I did for a little while. There is a there's a, a, a black, new Blackreach area as well, yep. Kind of cool. It's kind of like a reach. Yeah, it's like a two for one, though. You know. Yeah, Uh, it's true. It's true. You're not just getting that one zone. Kind of getting like a zone and a half. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome if you know, especially for Nord lovers out there. It's gonna be. uh, Yeah. Well, and like um, Reachman too. Like the because the way they described it on the live stream, like we're really going to be getting into the Reachman and like kind of what they're all about and what motivates them and. I think they've always been portrayed as basically the bad guys, you know, anytime they're they're in these games. But uh, kind of from what they were they were talking on the live stream, it sounded like that might be sort of a grayish area. Um, so that's kind of cool. But yeah, I think that is uh, going to be really cool. It's going to really dive into kind of the the background culture, kind of of that uh, that area and things like that. I do think that that's going to definitely make the the PVE side of things sound like it's going to be really really interesting. Yeah. And we looked it up. The the Reachmen are like descendants of Bretons, right? They don't like to call themselves Bretons, but that's kind of where and, they descend. And the Bretons from. don't like them to call themselves Bretons. Yeah, you can't forget that. There's some there's some <laughs> bad blood there. Yeah, those aren't Bretons. Those don't aren't call Bretons. Bretons. Don't you call yourselves that? Uh, that that's just kind of a funny fact, just because it's like, what are Bretons doing way the heck up there? Like, how did they? <laughs> I feel like that they yeah. like skipped over the orcs, hanging out in the Nord Zone. They found their way. Yeah. 
Um, one other observation I made about Markarth is that the crafting area is really, really nice. Like for doing writs, it's like this nice, tight little area. Everything is very clearly labeled. And you just go from one station to the next, all your writs are done. The only downside is it's not very close to the uh, the horse stable. Uh, but otherwise, it's maybe the best crafting area I've seen in the game. I think there's a good chance that this is going to be this is going to be my move away from East March. Is I'm going to move to Markarth. You know, cool. It's, it's cool. Still, Finally getting Davius out out, yeah. of, out of the house. <laughs> gotta gotta you know I gotta see it and see what the the how the homes look like and, and things like that. But I think that it's I'm getting a real strong sense that this will be my move away from East March. That's kind of my my new home zone, if you will. So the crafting area that's good news. Uh, like the, to hear the that. The Q4, the Q4 like zones and, and homes and that kind of stuff. The PVE stuff is always really good. I feel like that's always kind of the focus of the Q4 DLC is like the the questing ex- exploration aspect of things. It's always pretty good in that regard. So I yeah. bet it's going to be a cool zone. Like Southern Elsewhere was one of my favorite DLCs. It's yeah, really good. It was fantastic. Well, and just the visuals too. You know, the visuals of a of a brand new zone to. In- I would never bast East March, but it's been there a while, so it's yeah, it's, it's very not, vanilla. <laughs> it's not yeah. quite the same as you know as even Western Skyrim. You know, it's so yeah, definitely the visuals play into that too. So besides the zone, kind of the big new feature with this DLC is there's a new uh, arena, uh, and for the first time since Maelstrom Arena, uh, we have a new solo arena. This is it's a solo arena. Uh, it comes with a bunch of new sets as well as, of course, ability-altering arena weapons. Um, you can earn skins, dyes, titles, housing items, all that kind of stuff. So typical kind of PvE experience. But I'm just pumped that there's a, a new solo arena, more than just one option for for that sort of thing, for like a solo player challenge. It's really yeah, cool. It's it's really awesome. I, I, th- I was thinking about this, and I want to kind of get your take on this. It's really interesting to me. Um, I feel like that they really keep us guessing, but in a good way, you know, going all the way back to elsewhere, um, you know, Southern elsewhere came out and everybody's like, Oh man, there's no new dungeons. Uh, you know, they really wanted some kind of dungeon content, but me and you have talked wonderful zone. The PVE in that zone is amazing. The quests are great. Uh, we really mm-hmm. like the zone. So then they kind of come out with Greymore, and kind of everybody was like, well, there's not really like a big thing. Like we didn't get really a new class. Like antiquities was great, but like there wasn't like the big thing. And now they do the, you know, the big end of the year um, patch and there's a new solo arena. And so, I don't know, I just was kind of interested to hear your feedback. They keep us guessing on that. Like, they, I feel like that they don't really follow like a clean cookie cutter um, schedule. You know, they have their schedule, but who knows if, when they're going to add a dungeon here or, or a new big item there. Yeah, I remember too, when I was watching the live stream last weekend, um Gina said they've been sitting on this solo arena for a long time, uh, which I thought was really interesting because, yeah, like with Elsewhere, for example, there was no um, like arena or trial or dungeon or anything like that. Um, So if they had it, you know, if they've had it for a long time, why didn't we get it with that release? Not like like you said, I thought that release was great. Yeah. Um, but it is interesting how they kind of change it up like that. Yeah, I actually like it. It it, it makes I like the that you can't predict it. I feel like that if we were able to predict, all right, every new zone we're going to get a dent, you know, this we're going to get the. I like that I am still surprised when they come out with new stuff. Whether you know, like obviously yeah. the Necromancer is a big surprise, but this new solo arena, uh, this one really caught me off guard. I did not expect. A new solo arena. I was not expecting this. it at all. Yeah. It looks really cool too. I've watched some previews of it, and it looks it looks pretty awesome. 
Uh, I won't. I won't dig. I won't dig all into that. But I, I'm very much looking forward to getting in there. A lot of these sets are seem really awesome as well. So I guess why don't we get into these uh, these new armor sets? Well, we'll we won't we won't talk about the the, the arena ones yet. We'll get to those in a minute. Let's talk uh, about the new Overland sets first. Uh, the first one's called Void Collar. It's a light armor set, and basically we're going to call this the Magicka Fury set because that's exactly what it is. Uh, it gives you maximum health, maximum magicka, spell damage, and then for the five-piece bonus, uh, when you take damage, your spell damage is increased by 24 for five seconds, stacking up to 20 times. Uh, and that can happen every half second, uh, and then when you reach all 20 stacks, the duration is doubled, but it cannot be refreshed anymore. So that's that's exactly what Warrior's Fury is, except that's a stamina set. This is just the magicka version of that set. Um, it can be good. I definitely, I definitely could see some like tanky, like mag DK brawlers or a magplar, maybe even a magicka warden, yeah. uh, making good use of this, like really bulking up, taking a lot of damage. And then you have all your stacks and now you go on offense after your, your enemy has depleted themselves, you know? Yeah. I, I can see this being something Davius might use on something. I always just like when they make, if they've got a, a certain set and it's only stamina, I always like when they make a magical version of it. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm always a fan of that. Cause you know, if you really like a set, but you want to switch it, you know, if you want to try to use something similar, you know, it's cool that you, if you have the the alternate version of that set to use it. I, I'm always a fan when they do that. So yeah, totally. I, I there's been lots of times there's I've had like a stamina build. I'm like, man, this would be cool if I can make a magic version of this. And, yeah. yeah, and I agree with you. I think this is gonna be a pretty strong set. I definitely see some magicka type brawler, and we'll, and we'll probably talk about this as we kind of go through a lot of these new sets, but. Uh, really getting a lot of uh, Magicka brawler type vibes, like a lot of love for, like you said, like a Mag Warden or a Mag DK uh, with some of these sets that they, they are, they're coming out with. Yeah, totally. So I think that one will see some use. Probably not going to be OP, probably not one that everyone's going to be flocking to, but just a good option to have in the game that I'm sure some people are going to use for sure. Yeah. Um, the medium armor Overland set is called Witch Knight's Defiance. Uh, so right off the bat, the thing I like about this set is the two through four piece bonuses are all just weapon damage. Three straight lines of weapon damage. Uh, I think that alone is going to make this set uh, pretty popular just to use maybe like four pieces and a mythic item or something like that. Um, I think that's probably going to – I think this set's going to be a favorite just because of that. Uh, but then the five piece bonus increases your weapon damage by 369 against poisoned enemies. Um, and – I was confused about the wording. I didn't know if poisoned meant like if they had the poison status effect or if they just had any poison ability on them. So I did log in and test this out. It seems to be any poison effect at all. Uh, we'll, we'll do it. Uh, so you just hit them with poison injection. I did it over and over and over and over again. It was like 20 out of 20 times this happened, you know. Um, so, so it does proc 369 against poisoned enemies. Although, I don't know. I don't know why you would <laughs> care about... 369 like you know again let's as always let's compare it to hunting's rage that gives you 300 with no condition whatsoever you know you just have it all the time so i'm not sure if 69 is 69 <laughs> weapon damage is really worth having to hassle with making sure someone has a poison damage ability on them or whatever i i have just joked about this set i just that they really love poison right now poison is like the news so hot right now <laughs> poison <laughs> is so hot right now uh, it really just, is. It is funny how it's just very, you know, they just really singled out poison, you know, and, and it kind of makes sense because anybody who does, you know, I'm talking just strictly PVP, but probably PVE too. I don't really do enough in that to know, but 
PvP right now, like there's a lot of poison in PvP. So I, oh man, I'm oh, with yeah. I'm with you. Like that 69, like it's like man, that doesn't really make sense. But the only place I can see where it's like, well, you went on the extra 69 damage, weapon damage. That makes sense right now if you're just doing battlegrounds with PvP because you're most likely, if you're on a stamina character, you're going to be uh, doing some sort of poison damage. It's just it's just funny that it's so specific. Yeah, it's like that it, that exact about. Um, but yeah, like I said, that two through four piece bonus, yes. man, I, I could see a lot of people just doing four pieces and a mythic item. I bet that's going to be a very popular yes. setup. Yeah. The heavy armor overland set is called Radiant Bastion. Gives you a line of maximum health, weapon damage, another line of maximum health. Uh, and then the five piece bonus deal 10% of all direct damage done uh, back to the attacker up to four forty two fifty <laughs> total. No cooldown. That could actually be a real pain to deal with, there's, I imagine. There's a really <laughs> fun build with this set somewhere. I don't know what oh, it is yeah. off the top of my head, but... Oh, you know you're going to see a lot of troll builds with this. With um, that, like, I'm I, I'm calling it right now. We're going to see Wardens with... Uh, what's the, the other morph of Shimmering Shield? I can't think of the name of it, but it's the one where you hit it, it absorbs a projectile and shoots a projectile back at the attacker. Mm -hmm. I could see someone wearing that with this uh, and maybe some other kind of reflect thing going on and just totally uh, trolling people. The interesting thing to me about this set, so, you know, like that you said, the five piece, deal 10% of all direct damage done to you back to the attacker and then up to the 4250 damage. Does that mean, like, if you're wearing this set, do you want to be tanky? Like... You don't really you want to take a lot of damage so it's interesting to me if, if you're wearing this and you're going with that build do you sacrifice your tankiness to just get a whole bunch of health like you do you want to lose a lot of health and not be as you know like armor or, or damage mitigation tanky oh i see what you're saying like the amount of damage that you're taking per hit you want you want to be taking more you want to be taking more damage yeah there's to a, get the maximum damage there. Yeah, it's a weird strategy. When somebody when somebody hits you, you want them to hit you really hard because that's just more Because you're damage. dealing 10% of the direct damage done back to them. So the more damage they deal to you, the more you'll deal back. I wonder how hard it is to hit that 4250 max. That is, that's the interesting one right there. Probably pretty hard. I bet it's actually probably really hard to hit the in PvP. I bet it's really difficult to get that, that 4250 out, out of it. If you think about What's forty two fifty? That's ten percent of forty thousand. Yeah, 40, let's say. I mean, forty two thousand. So you'd, you'd have to you'd have to get hit for that much, which never happens in PvP. <laughs> I've never hit somebody um, for forty two thousand. Yeah, I don't. Is it a single hit? I guess that's the other tricky part. Is it? Is it ten percent of just each single hit? So if somebody loads you up with a bunch of dots, or are they just loading themselves no, up with a bunch of dots? Direct damage. Just oh, direct yeah, yeah. damage. It does say that. It does say direct yeah. damage. So But you know, think about someone just like light attack weaving their spammable on you. You know, this thing has no cooldown, so every every light attack weave and spammable is gonna be proccing it. I I wrote on this one, I feel like that I can definitely see somebody wearing this and just running into a Zerg. Just by themselves. They've got this set up on themselves, and they just run into the middle of a Zerg and just let that whole Zerg just beat on them. And then If they're built right, it could be really funny. Yeah, <laughs> just watch the whole Zerg just melt themselves down. Yeah. So that's the Overland sets. Let's get into these crafted sets. Um, first one's called Red Eagle's Fury. That's a contender for best armor set name, I would say. S speaking cool of name. names, I mean, just 
I'm just going to run through the names of the ones we've already done. But Void Caller, Witch Knights, Defiance, Radiant Bastion, Red Eagles Fury. I mean, they're killing it with the names of these sets right now. Like, those are all great set names. Good set names. Red Eagles Fury, I think, is probably my favorite of all that's, of them. That's a good one. Let us know what you think. Scrollingpodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> we want to know What's your favorite. <laughs> I think the next one we're going to talk about is my favorite named one. But All right. Well, let's talk about Red Eagles Fury first. So... Um, it's a crafted set, so it can be any weight. You get um, 129 weapon and spell damage. You get a line of weapon and spell critical, uh, another line of weapon and spell damage, and then for the five-piece bonus, um, you get 469 weapon and spell power to your weapon skill abilities, um, but it increases the cost of your non-weapon skill abilities by 5%. It's a really interesting one, right? Like, obviously, what comes to mind is we want to compare this to New Moon Acolyte. Yeah. Right? It's a similar amount of damage. Actually, now it's more damage than New Moon, New Moon Acolyte. Yeah. New Moon Acolyte increases the cost of everything by 5%. This is only cost uh, increasing the cost of your non-weapon abilities by 5%. So I think it's actually just a better New Moon Acolyte, right? Yeah. I think this is going to probably be one of the more popular sets of all I these. think so, too. For people who just like to have just stack raw weapon or spell power uh, and just play that way, which a lot of people do, uh, this is this seems like an obvious choice. It's it's more damage than New Moon Acolyte and and a, a softer penalty. Uh, you know my my Stam Necro uh, Bear Skull has you know he's wearing Sword Singer with the Daring Corsair and he's got that nice setup. But we we've joked in the past about how hard he hits. I. Can you imagine this set with a sword singer or sword dancer, one of those weapon buffs? I mean, that's a thousand, because those give 600 weapon damage. That's a thousand sixty nine weapon damage. You gotta do that. Like, can you imagine how hard that would hit? They're just insane. Unbuffed, right? Unbuffed. (laughs) Just a thousand sixty nine weapon and spell, you know. And then obviously you could use one of the the Magicka, I don't know the names of those ones off the top of my head, but you know, there's ones that do Magicka damage too. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. That's definitely going to be a popular set, for yeah. sure. Next crafted set is called Ethereal Ascension. Gives you a line of armor, a line of maximum health, another line of armor. Uh, and then the five-piece bonus, get a load of this thing, adds 7,377 armor, but it increases the cost of your block, sprint, and dodge, and break free <laughs> by 25%. Uh so that's basically doubling fortified brass, like double the resistance that you get from fortified brass, but at the cost of your block sprint, dodge, and break free, or cost 25% more. I could see someone maybe building themselves in such a way and kind of accustom, accustomating themselves, is that a word? Uh, to a <laughs> certain kind now. of play style. Scrolling podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is that a word? Scrolling podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you know, Adopting a sort of play style where they don't have to block or sprint or dodge all that much. So maybe they just reserve all their stamina for breaking free and they're tanky enough to to just get through it. Uh, I could see that maybe working. I, I like I like this idea of like, okay, I want to be as tanky, absolutely as tanky as possible. And it seems like it would make sense. Like you think in real life, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to like basically wear a tank for armor you know, it's probably going to slow you down. You're probably yeah. not going to be able to dodge as much, you know, like it makes I, sense that it would be that way. You know, I'm scared. I'm scared of this set and I a hundred percent blame you. You know, I, I, what, what have you done to me? Cause this is a set in the past. Like, oh man, look at all this armor, the tankiness. I love it. 
Now I read this increase to the cost of block sprint dodge and the break fee, the break free, and I'm just I'm terrified of the cost increase. And as soon as I was reading this set and reading about it, I was like, oh man, I would have loved this set in the past, but now I'm just I think I'm too scared of that cost increase. And my immediate next thought was like, what, is, what has Cat done to me? What, is, <laughs> what has he done well, to me? Is it me or is it the current meta? Because you know, like, I think like right now, mobility really is king. Like you got to be able to kite damage yeah. so much. But I wonder if this is the set that changes that though. Like, okay, you don't want to be a highly mobile, high actions per minute kind of build. Maybe this would make you tanky enough where you don't you don't need to do all that. Maybe. Well, we'll and, see. and, you know, don't underestimate the two and four piece, 1487 armor. This thing is giving you 10,000, 10K plus yeah. armor when you're wearing it. Yeah, you're you're bulking up big time. Plus a line of health. Oof. So I I definitely I definitely see some people using this in PvP. You know, mostly for trolling purposes. Sure. Uh, but hey, a lot of people like doing that though. <laughs> this is definitely one of those when you're running around Imperial City and you're fighting that guy that isn't hitting you for anything, but you, the entire group of like ten people can't kill him. Yeah. This is going to be the set that that person's wearing in the future. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, the last crafted set is called Legacy of Karth, another cool name. Um, you get uh, weapon and spell critical, weapon and spell damage, uh, and then weapon and spell penetration. Um, so crit, damage, and penetration of both types. Uh, and then for the five piece, enemies affected by your alchemic poisons take 1973 disease damage every one second. So just take note, that's alchemic poisons, right? That's the the alchemy crafted item that you put on your weapon, not just a poison ability like poison injection, right? So that's actually a pretty strong dot. Uh, 1973 every one second while your poison is on them. I could see somebody combining that with uh, the Widowmaker set. I know that's been a set that's been pretty popular here lately because it was buffed recently. Uh, so Widowmaker, uh, on that, the five-piece bonus on that, when your alchemical poison fires, uh, you drop a poisonous spore in front of you that bursts after one second, dealing 19,728 poison damage uh, over five seconds to all enemies within five meters. I know a lot of people in our Battlegrounds guild have, have really been flocking to this set here lately. Uh, and I could see this legacy of Karth, you know, when your alchemical poison fires, that happens, plus they get a, a 2,000 dot on them while that uh that poison persists yeah those, seems pretty good those seem like they pair together really well uh the only thing i don't love the two the two through four piece bonuses me personally i don't really like uh the fact that you have a line of crit and a line of uh penetration those are you know those, those are good offensive stats of course but when you're trying to put together a pvp build and round out all your stats and everything crit and penetration are very inflexible you know you can't really trade them for other things like health or recovery or whatever else you're just kind of stuck with it so for me personally that alone is probably going to keep me from using it um but a lot of people don't care about that sort of stuff they just want all the damage and nothing else matters and i can see those people yeah. going for this for sure yeah that's kind of how i'm on this i i those that two through four is going to be difficult to get your max stats where you want them uh, but I, I, I agree with you. I think a lot of people are probably going to end up finding a way to use this set. Uh, I don't really use poisons a whole lot, so it doesn't do much for yeah. me. But I could definitely, you know, it's going to be a high high damage build. Could definitely find something with that set for sure. So that's all the crafted sets. Let's get into these arena sets. So this is the exciting stuff. Let me take a drink. So we'll start with the five-piece sets, and then we'll get into the the weapons. 
the light armor set is called Hex Siphon. Um, you get a line of max magicka, spell damage, spell critical. Uh, and then for the five piece, you get a line of spell damage, um, like 171, just the basic spell. Oh, it's a little more than the basic line of spell damage. 171 instead of 129. Uh, and then for, th for the main five piece bonus, whenever you bash an enemy, you release a cone of hexing energy in front of you. Uh, each enemy hit with your sp uh, oh, <laughs> each enemy hit increases your spell damage by 88 for eight seconds, up to a maximum of six enemies, and that can happen every eight seconds. Um, and then also, whenever you interrupt successfully interrupt a target, you restore 1,000 magic. So basically, you you bash somebody, you release this cone, and for every one that you hit, up to six people max. Um, you get 88 damage, so that can stack up to a total of 528 spell damage uh, when you have all six of those stacks. My thing here is, I mean, I'm thinking purely from a PvP perspective, when are you ever going to hit six targets with that cone? Yeah. You know, it'd, like, never. It'd have to right? be, like, a up top Imperial City or Cyrodiil, but not very often. Yeah. I could see maybe... Um, some PVE builds making use of it, like for like solo builds or things that are dealing with a lot of AOE. But even in PVE, most DPS, their main concern is single target DPS. Uh, this probably isn't. I don't know. I don't think this is going to see a lot of use, to be quite honest. I could. I could it's see the idea. Yeah, I like the idea of it. I could see like a like a Magicka based tank using this. You know, this with the. Like the mythic Bloodlords Embrace, you know, more more mm -hmm. blocking type like stuff. Mag DK. Yeah, bringing Magicka back to you. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. It'd be difficult to see this to have use. And uh, in the right circumstances, I mean, a, a way to get 528 straight spell damage is that is pretty nice. I just feel like, yeah, like Imperial City would probably be the place. Really, you just don't uh, see a lot of bashing in, in PvP. You know, I mean. I mean, I guess yeah. you, you, you do if, you, if you've if kind of got it into your rotation or something like that. But it For a Magicka build especially, I just feel yeah, like I'm not going to exactly. want to bash a lot. Um, I don't know. Maybe the, the, you know, I was, when I first read this set, it kind of made me laugh because the, you know, uh, it's been a while now. But for a while there, you know, there was the big Necro Goliath bash build that <laughs> was really big. Um, and that's kind of the yeah. last, that just, I don't know why it popped in my head, but that was the last time I saw like bash all over the place in battlegrounds oh man i just had like saving private ryan flashback moments man. like no no <laughs> that thing was terrifying the bash crow meta Oof. um the medium armor set from the new arena is called pestilent host another cool name uh you get a line of physical penetration uh a line of max stamina a line of weapon damage and then for the five piece, you get another line of penetration. Uh, and then whenever you kill an enemy uh, afflicted with a poison effect, uh, their corpse releases a writhing mass of Fletcher flies, of Fletcher flies, uh, which seeks out the nearest enemy within 12 meters, causing them to bleed. Are you ready for this number? For 31,200 physical damage over 10 seconds. It's crazy. This is a wild set right here, man. So you kill someone, and this writhing mass of fetcher flies bursts out of them and then goes to the nearest target and gives them this really heavy bleed. Man, I could see some sort of crazy build where, like, you basically just gank someone, take them out really quickly, and then you just follow those fetcher flies from one target to the next yeah. and just take them out, you know? 
could be pretty wild. Yeah, I mean, this is this is just uh, it goes back to that poison, you know. How, I mean, poison is so hot right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is uh, this is a bleed, isn't it? Yeah. This well, is a bleed here. oh, but yeah, it's it's afflicted with a poison yeah, effect. Whenever yeah, you kill somebody with a with a poison effect, I could see this one being uh, paired with uh, that witch knight set we talked about. You know, if if someone has poison on them, you're going to deal extra damage to them. Well, that's true. You pair that with this, and you take them out. Then uh, I wonder if alchemical poisons count as a poison effect i almost wish they had two different names for those things you know it gets confusing yeah. and some things it's it does apply to and some things it doesn't yep i get that um but man i mean I, you know i just which night comes to mind because we just read it but there's so many great poison sets right now that yeah um, and poison abilities that you know think about using us as an example think about your stam crow uh, how much poison he throws out there um and he's killing people. Oh, yeah. you know, he does crazy amount of damage. And every time he killed somebody, that there's going to be a 31,000 dot over 10 seconds thrown on somebody. It's just... Oh, it you, seems I guarantee nasty. you we're going to see that thing in Battlegrounds. It's yep. going to be a scourge. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, anyway, let's move on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll leave with the note of fear. <laughs> uh, the heavy armor set is called Explosive Rebuke. Um, and this one's kind of cool. So uh, you get a line of max stamina, a line of max health, a line of uh, weapon and spell damage. And then for the five piece, when you successfully block, you place a bomb on the enemy for 10 seconds. Uh, and then when that enemy is, is hit with a fully charged heavy attack, the bomb detonates uh, and it deals 13,150 flame damage uh, in an eight meter AOE. And that can happen every eight seconds. Uh, I think that's pretty cool. I actually really like that set. And that's that's a set that's like, it's a heavy armor set. It's like a kind of a tank support style set. And if you wanted to, you know, tanky builds are often, they have limited usefulness in PvP. But this could be one where, okay, you're tanky enough to like jump up in the middle of a group and not die, bash everyone. Well, I guess you could only bash one person because it has an eight second cooldown. But get in there, bash someone, and then tell one of your buddies on comm, like, all right, heavy attack that guy. And... <laughs> That's get a big AOE, an AOE blast on everyone. Yeah, it's it's cool. interesting to me. I mean, obviously not all the sets, but there's definitely some some Zerg Buster sets uh, mm -hmm. that they're coming out with in this. It's kind of like a, a sub theme, if you will, with these new uh, sets. Over the last couple out. of patches, it seems like yeah. they're kind of addressing that. Like, I mean, Venomous Smite is a perfect yeah. example, man. That's that set right there will wipe out some groups uh, on, on the right build for sure. Um, so I like that one. That's pretty cool. Uh, and it pairs, it seems like it would pair really nicely with this first arena weapon that we're going to talk about. Um, so this first one is the two-hander called Frenzied Momentum. So this affects, uh, the ability of momentum, or you may know it as Rally, if that's the morph that you use. Um, so, uh, the perfected version, you get a line of max stamina, uh, and then, uh, while Momentum, aka Rally, is active... Uh, casting stamina abilities generates a stack of frenzied momentum for 10 seconds, up to five stacks max. Uh, and then when you reach five stacks, your next heavy attack will consume all of those stacks and release a violent explosion of energy around your target, dealing 9,028 physical damage uh, to everyone in an eight meter area. So obviously, like, you know, you got your tanky buddy wearing explosive rebuke, the set we were just talking about. He places the bomb on somebody 
And then he hollers at you with your frenzied momentum two-hander. You know, this guy's got the bombs. You got all your you got your five stacks. So you go heavy attack that guy and you have a an eight meter AoE, both of those things going off. Man, you'll just wipe a group right then and there in one shot, I think. Yeah. It would be it's gonna you know that's gonna happen. It's gonna be exciting. Oh, yeah. it's, it's gonna be either exciting or devastating to see that happen. And of course, one person could wear both of those sets too. But I, yeah. I like to think of it as as a coordinated like <laughs> yeah. two two person effort. Honestly, I think that could be fun. Oh man, yeah, a lot of damage. We're talking about a lot of damage here. Oh yeah. Um, the next one is the one hand and shield called Void Bash. Cool name. Um, if you have the perfected version, you get a line of max health. Uh, and then when you deal damage with Power Bash, and that's the that's like the sword and sh the sword and shield spammable ability. Uh, then you apply Call of the Void to to yourself for two seconds. Uh, enemies within twelve meters are immediately pulled to you, so it's a super trolley. <laughs> uh, and then after Call of the Void ends, so after that two second period ends, you apply Major Maim to those enemies in the area for ten seconds. So basically, you pull everyone within twelve meters in, and then a, basically a second later, they all have Major Maim. Uh, and that can happen every 13 seconds. Now, we'll talk a little bit here in a little while. We'll see the the major minor effects basically have all been reworked. So this says major maim right now, and we're thinking like, oh, my gosh, but might not be as big of a deal as it seems right now. We'll get into that a little later. But yeah. nonetheless, I think it's a cool idea. I, I think it's a really cool idea. I As, a, as someone who does a lot of tank and PvE, uh, love the idea of pulling all enemies uh, within 12 meters, uh, that's really nice for tanks. It's an easy way to pull stuff in. Um, but I just, I mean, it's going to be hilarious, but this in a battleground or in a PvP, this is just going to be a wild, chaotic mess, I feel like. It's going to be, I think it's going to be fun. Um, but the, the immediate, like, trolly, hilarious build to me is, like, doing the, um, the Radiant Bastion, where everybody that hits you takes damage back with this uh -huh. like yeah. you just run into like a zerg and everybody hits you and they just all of a sudden everybody gets pulled to you and then as they're hitting you they're taking damage back like you do uh, that set and, explosive rebuke yep. as your other five piece set void bash <laughs> Can you imagine what that's gonna look like i mean it's just gonna be hilarious ah uh, just total just make everyone rage quit man yeah. is what that's gonna do I just, oh man, just pulling, I mean, the amount, like, this in Battlegrounds is just going to be wild. And and most other things that have an automatic pull-in, like that, the Necromancer armor that it pulls you into them, you know, you mm -hmm. at least have to directly damage them yeah. in order for that to happen. With this, man, you don't even have to know this person exists. They just <laughs> activate it, and you're nearby, and you get pulled in. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's why I think I'm just imagining this in my head in a battleground, and it's going to be like the fights are going on, teams are moving, and all of a sudden, all battleground teams are going to be right on top of each other. It's just going to, yeah. you know, you're trying to run from a fight? Nope. Yeah, enemies within 12 meters, so that's a 24-meter area total. <sighs> <laughs> It's probably I, right now. I think of it as just hilarious, like how silly it's going to look. But mm -hmm. uh, I do wonder if months down the road we're going to be like, "Oh man, this set's just such a pain." <laughs> uh, yeah, because it's going to be you know. Think about if multiple people are wearing this. Like, what if you get everybody in the entire battleground gets pulled into one spot, and then somebody else is wearing it? So they, you know, I I don't know if it could stack. Is it going to you know? Are we all going to get pulled around? Well, you know. 
you know, we'll have CC immunity. That's true. Uh, so you'll have like five or six seconds where you can't be CC'd again. So yeah, at least that. <laughs> what if what if in a fifteen second time frame you get pulled into three different? I mean, you're just gonna feel like you have no control. Like it's gonna feel like the entire battleground is like in a whirlpool. <laughs> yeah. And everybody's yeah, just everybody's just along for the ride. BGs are going to be very interesting this next batch. <laughs> We're going to get into that a little while in a little while as well. Uh, let's move on to the next arena weapon. This is the dual wield executioner's blade. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say this is my least favorite. Um, the perfected version, yeah. you get a, a line of weapon critical, um, and then um, the the main bonus, hidden blade, deals 200% more damage to targets under 25% health. When you're standing behind uh, them. it was so close. You you just uh, if you just would have stopped after health, it would have been great. Would have been great. I hope before this goes live, they just take out the the thing where you just have to be standing behind them because this could actually be kind of neat. You could, you know, you could use the dual wield ability, hidden blade, the the dagger that you fling. By the way, nobody uses that ability ever. Yeah. Um, so it'd be a really, this would be a really nice thing to get people to use that ability. You have this ranged spammable that is also an execute. And by the way, one of those morphs like bounces to target. So it's like an yeah. AOE ability. So it could be super duper strong. And it gives you your, um, your, uh, weapon buff. Yeah. Your major weapon buff. Major weapon buff. Um, so, but the, the fact that you have to be standing behind the enemy, it's just, you're not going to be using it. I don't think either in PVE or PVP, I don't think people are going to be using it. I mean, it would it would be more useful in PVE. Yeah. But I think if you're in PVE, you're you're probably going to have a more typical kind of PVE build. I don't think this single weapon is going to justify slotting it, you know, just yeah. just to affect that one ability. You'd have to go you'd, you'd be going out of your way to get this piece to to make that work and it just it doesn't really I'm with yeah. you. It's it's just such a bummer it's when you're standing behind them. It's if they take that out, I think we have a pretty decent thing on our hands. Yeah. I, don't, I don't even think it's OP at that point either. I don't either. And I would love that because, you know, a lot of people that use dual wield, um, it's kind of a pain to, to, at least this is me. And I think a lot of, I think other people out there would agree, but it's kind of a pain that this is the, the weapon damage buff ability. You know, if you slot yeah. it, you have to kind of find a way to use this and it's not real great, but if they're going to make it deal, you know, 200% more damage and make it an execute, I would love to have this ability and on, on a lot in my dual wield abilities, I would use this for my weapon damage buff. But I think a lot of people find other ways to get their weapon damage buff if they are using dual wield, uh, because yeah, this ability usually. is just not, it's not really well used. Yeah. Cause if you're going to use a spammable, you're probably going to use rapid strikes cause it deals a crap ton of damage and yep. there's just not enough room on your bars for this. You know, when you have all trying to fit everything else you need in your build. Yep. So, I hope they they rethink that one just a little bit. It's close. I think they just need to adjust it a little bit, and that could be kind of cool. Now, this next one though <laughs> might be my favorite one. Yeah, not not that it's the best, but I I'm definitely getting the sense this one's your favorite one. It's definitely it's... not the best, but I love it because of the hilarity of it. <laughs> the trolley descent. Um, it's called Point Blank Snipe. Um, the perfected version, you get a line of weapon damage, and then. Um, increases the damage done with snipe by 33% against targets that are within seven meters of you. <laughs> you can't even get through uh, reading it without laughing. <laughs> I love it so much. I'm thinking of these sneaky little snipe spammers reading these patch notes thinking, oh boy, 33% to my snipe. Heck yeah. 
Oh wait, I have to be in melee range to get that. You have to be <laughs> in, so you have to be in the fight to get the buff. <laughs> you have to be up in there. Oh man. Uh, I really want to see I, – I know you're not going to do it um, on your bear claw uh, builds because you have all the animal companion abilities. I know you're probably not going to want to not do that. But I feel like the the spirit of this oh, weapon yeah. fits with that guy though. Yeah. It's, right? just, it's perfect for him. He is the melee bow build and this is just yeah. perfect for it. A bow um, brawler. Bow I, brawler. I just want to see. I want to see that dude. Like he's a, he's a Nord. He's a tanky Nord heavy armor <laughs> bow build. I want to see him drawing back that bow just as slow as possible, just taking a beating at the same time and just releasing that one arrow that just freaking takes someone's head off. Oh, it would be really funny. So I just love the idea of just being in the middle of a brawl, just just drawing back that snipe <laughs> out while everyone's just beating on you and then just launching that arrow. So oh, funny. It is so hilarious. Uh, I'm interested to see. Surely people are going to have fun with this. I don't know what its usage will be. Surely they're going to try. You got to yeah. try. 33% uh, increase to snipe is a lot. That's it's a whole lot. lot. Uh, I'm, I hope they use it just just the, the fact that it brings them into the fight. Now they're not going to be across the map hitting me with snipe. If I'm okay with them getting the buff as long as they're in the fight, so that I actually uh, thing is, dude, it's actually probably actually now that I'm thinking about it, I bet a lot of people will use it because think about um, dizzying swing. Uh, snipe, I think snipe and dizzying swing have about the same cast time. I'd have to look it up, but they're, it's pretty close, if not exactly the same. Oh and if people gosh. are able to land dizzying swing within melee range, you know, then they're going to be able to land this in melee range as well. Um, <laughs> but I, I bet we're going to. I bet this is going to be maybe fairly popular once people start messing with it. Oh man. Um. Anyway, moving on. Uh, this next one. This is the destruction staff called Wrath of Elements. Uh, this affects the weakness to elements, the, the debuff ability that you get from the destruction staff. Um, the two-piece, uh, or wait, it, it is only a two-piece. Uh, for, <laughs> for the perfected version, you get a line of spell penetration. Um, and then casting weakness to elements on a target within 15 meters uh, creates a tether that deals 2140 flame shock or frost damage every one second for 10 seconds. Uh, to all enemies touching that tether. And that can happen every 10 seconds. Um, so that's pretty cool. I, I like this because I know on my builds, I have a hard time. Like, this is a really great debuff to have on your build. Uh, but for me, I have a hard time just finding the bar space for it. I just, there's all this other stuff that just takes precedent for me that's more valuable to me. And this one always ends up getting bumped off. Um, but I could see this maybe making its way on if I if I'm using this weapon, say uh, like a MagDK. You know, you have a few dots. I could see my MagDK giving up one of those dots instead of, and, and instead using weakness uh, to elements. And because I'm using this weapon, it's still a dot, so I'm actually not giving up my dot at all. And they have this powerful debuff on them. I'm doing a lot more damage to them. Yeah. Um, so it seems seems decent. Yeah, it does seem strong. I me personally, I'm not crazy about enemy tether abilities. Now I'm I'm thinking of this strictly from a PvP perspective, but I feel like when you're throwing a tether on an enemy and that is adjusting how you're moving, I feel like it really can get your positioning off in, in a battleground. So that's that's the only thing that kind of makes me hesitant to it is to use it is that 
I don't. And I don't, it's a very clear visual indicator yeah, too. So like the, the enemy can definitely like take evasive action if they want. Yeah, they're definitely going to be going the way that you probably don't want to go. So I don't know. I just could see this causing some some getting in some trouble as far as like a position in a battleground, getting a little too far uh, away yeah, from but the group like, and things like that. But again, like with with a mag decay, I think this would be perfect for a mag decay because like they're probably going to have enough CC and stuff to like keep that person rooted and keep them from getting too far away. I, I bet a, a mag decay could get some yeah, some good I, use out of this. Kind of going back to that same theme, you know, mag decay is kind of this brawler type magicka build. Is kind of it's getting a lot of love with this with these sets. Yeah, and they mag decays like using this ability because they typically struggle with sustain and one of the morphs to weakness of to elements gives you minor magic steal which is actually a pretty significant sustain buff so mag decays really like to use this ability anyway and i feel like this is just all the more incentive for them to use it mm -hmm. um force overflow this is the final uh arena weapon it's a it's the resto staff uh the perfected version will give you uh, a line of maximum magicka um this is basically just the healing version of the Destruction Staff. Uh, casting Force Siphon on a target, um, so that gives them a minor lifesteal, right? Mm -hmm. So casting Force Siphon on a target within 15 meters of you creates a tether between you for 10 seconds, uh, and then you and your group, you and your group members in the tether uh, restore 175 Magicka and Stamina every one second, uh, and it has a 10 second cooldown. So that's going to be equivalent to 350 recovery for people who are standing within that tether. Um, so yeah, it's just like a friendly, kind of a friendly yeah. version of the destruction staff. Yeah. I mean, it, and again, it seems really strong. I mean, obviously the recovery is really nice, but it is putting that lifesteal on them as well. So it's, mm -hmm. it's a really good buff. You know, if you're running a support style build, this is going to be really good. Uh, but yeah, I, once again, I, I don't, and this is just me. I, I think people can be really good with tether abilities, you know, especially if you've got a good group. Um, mm -hmm. but I don't know. It's I don't, I'm not crazy about being tethered to an enemy, and, and my movements are now adjusted on on that enemy's movements. Yeah, yeah. Not a fan of the tethers. <laughs> well, I'm okay with the necrobancer tethers because those are on corpses. I think that's such a big difference. Is that? Yeah, it's not on your enemy. Yeah, you know. And like again, I'm very PvP mindset on this. You know, these and PVE are probably going to be fantastic. Uh, you know, because you just throw this on a boss and that boss isn't going to go anywhere. So uh, I could see them being really strong in a PvP, a PvE environment. Maybe that's more what their focus is. But in PvP, with you know, it's so much about movement and, and your position or where you are. Uh, it makes it tricky if, if now all of a sudden you're tied to an enemy. Yeah, yeah, I totally understand that. So, I mean, I think Frenzied Momentum is obviously going to be one that people really like to use. I think that's good, too. Surprisingly, there aren't really any amazing arena two-handed weapons, you know? Like, none of them are amazing. Yeah, this is this is probably going to be, I mean, it's going to be the best one, right? I mean, everybody, I shouldn't say everybody, but I feel like if you're using a two-handed weapon and, and you don't have rally on your on your bar, I don't, I don't know what happened. I don't know where the miscommunication I'll, was. <laughs> I'll say it. I'll say it. Everyone uses Rally. Also, if you're using a two-hander, you should be weaving heavy attacks in with your combo all the, all the time anyway to, yep. to activate. I think it's called the follow-up passive. You get like 10% bonus damage to your next attack. So it's, it's very common to be weaving those uh, heavy attacks anyway. Mm -hmm. And then you're getting these stacks. You're just getting that extra AoE burst damage for doing it, for doing something you're already doing. Um, yeah. 
I think that's really great. It, it it always struck me as strange that we have all these arena weapons, and when when you think of arena weapons like these special weapons, immediately the first weapon type that comes to mind's got to be a great sword, right? right. Yeah. But yet none of them are actually very good. All the good ones are like different weapon types. Uh, so I'm glad that we have a really good two hander now. Uh, that's really cool. Um, the uh, the void bash I think is going to be really popular. I think the point blank snipe honestly, and we're going to see a lot of that too. <laughs> that one's going to be interesting. Well, and I think even with the the frenzied momentum, you know, it's really common to throw a, you know for stamina builds. It's really common to throw a two hander on your back bar so that you can get your rally heal in the back bar. Um, oh yeah, I think this you know this is going to make a great uh, back bar arena weapon. You know, you can still get those stacks while you have your rally going. Uh, and then, you know, whatever your front bar weapon is, you can still do the heavy attack to, to release it. So, yeah, yeah, you're right. It could be back barred cause it doesn't, it's doesn't have to be like, cause it's like, yeah, all those arena weapons are back barable. Like it doesn't have to be while the weapon is on your active bar. Yep. So yeah, totally. So this even, yeah, you know, even if you've got like a, a bow build on the front bar with a, with this on the back or, bar, um, or a dual wield on the front bar because dual wield heavy attacks fire so fast. Like yeah. you, you land them every time, man. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, yeah, that would probably be the best because a bow, you're going to have to get a little closer. <laughs> bows have but, really, and they have really slow uh, heavy attacks yeah. too. Bows do. Yeah, but, you know, I think that's what makes it really great is you can throw this on the back bar and still get, you know, a lot out of it. Uh, yeah, it's really versatile, actually. You could do, do a lot with it. Um, so that is all the arena sets. Uh, we're also getting a couple of new mythic items. And we'd wondered about this in the past, if we would ever get new mythic items or if that's just the collection that we have and that's that. So uh, at least this one time we're getting some more. Yeah. Two more. This first one, I already called dibs. So you can't. <laughs> that's don't, fine. You, don't... You, can, you can have it. That second one, I'm, oof, you can have it. <laughs> Uh, Ring of the Pale Order. I mean, I'm not the only one. I think a lot of people are <laughs> this is really going to be after this thing. This is going to be the more, the by far, the more popular of the two. But oh yeah, oh they're both really good. But this thing, a lot of people are going to want this thing. Yeah. So Ring of the Pale Order. By the way, enough rings, right? Like, don't we need a like a like a belt or yeah. something? Like, I don't know. Like, we we need we're getting another ring here. We got gloves, enough rings. Gloves that people would actually use. You know. Yeah, cool pair of yeah, cool pair of gloves that you actually will use. Uh, I was going to say, well, we have a pair of gloves. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. A cool, a cool helmet would be awesome. Like just like freaking dope helmet to put on. Yeah. Um, enough rings. Anyway, ring of the pale order restore fifteen percent of the damage you deal as health, uh, but you cannot be healed by anyone but yourself. So this has a number of awesome applications i think like really there there are a ton of possibilities for this thing really any uh just about any solo pvp build is gonna have a great time with this i've already tested it out on my uh stamina sorcerer uh, i logged into pts and uh davis you told me about this boss um in east march called rage claw rage right? claw yep this is a world boss that we always go to to kind of test builds survivability out on because it, it's just like this pack of werewolves that deal a crap ton of damage so we always figure if we can solo that boss and still be alive at the end or like we didn't have to struggle too much to stay alive we figure the survivability is probably pretty decent for that build yep. and it's usually a pretty i think that's a pretty good test actually yeah yeah i mean rich claw he, he he sneaks up on people that thing hits hard that's one of the harder like vanilla world bosses 
anyway, um, so I went to that to that boss using Ring of the Pale Order with my typical Stamsork build, which is using Briarheart, Morkeldon, um, Master Bow, and of course, since he's a Stamsork, he has Surge, so he gets he gets healed every time he crits. Plus, um, uh, Briarheart heals him every time he crits, uh, and then I'm, I was wearing this Ring of the Pale Order, uh, and man. I never even had to worry about my health at all soloing that that world boss. It was just like not even an issue. I soloed him all the way, just like it was a breeze. Uh, and for a, for a straight damage focused build with not a lot of consideration for survivability, I feel like that's uncommon for that particular boss. This one is interesting to me because when I first read this one, it kind of you know I've talked about this in the past. It seems very you know in in. And once again, we, we always look at things in a very battleground way, or a PvP way. But it seems very much to kind of be pushing that agenda that we've talked about, where battlegrounds is very, you know, every man for themselves, every solo. And we'll talk about some crazy, exciting news later on. But <laughs> um, that's it kind of worried me because it's like, man, they're really just kind of pushing to, you know, it's kind of every man for yourself, solo, and battlegrounds. You know, if, if people are wearing this, and you've got a you know some sort of support battleground build, um, it's just gonna you know you're really you're really gonna just be a huge um, anchor. Yeah, you're gonna be an anchor yeah. on your team. You're not gonna be doing anything. You're just gonna be sitting there. Um, yeah. But we'll get to that exciting news later on. With that exciting news, I don't even care. I don't even care about this. Like, <laughs> it doesn't even matter. People want to go solo. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, totally. Um... I mean, I think a couple of obvious examples, Magic at Templar, you know, they're, they're puncturing sweeps, um, heals them for 40% of their damage done. So another 15% on top of that is yeah. going to be really nice. Uh, Magblade's main spammable strife heals them for 35% of the damage done as well. Yep. Um, so those are some just interesting possibilities. Uh, this could also be a solution to make the vampire uh, blood for blood spammable uh, viable again. Yeah. Because um, that's, you know, that while you use that ability, you can't be healed by other people. Uh, but if you're wearing this thing, you can be healed by other people anyway, and you're healing yourself quite a bit. Um, yeah. So that's that's one possibility. I also wonder if, like, we'll start seeing trial groups that just run, like, 10 damage dealers and no healer, you know? <laughs> maybe yeah. maybe a couple of damage dealer Templars with a breath of life for the tank or something. That's that's the other thing that I was going to kind of bring up. You know, that was kind of a conversation that happened in the uh, the old Stoon Schoons Discord chat today. But yeah. it was a really good point. You know, is this – is a is an item like this going to kind of phase healers out, you know, in, you know, in a four-man dungeon – Healers are already kind of getting phased out. If you really want to be an effective healer, you kind of have to carry your weight with with DPS. Uh, mm-hmm. But if if everybody in the group's got one of these, there's no need for a healer. Uh, this should be plenty of health. Uh, oh yeah, I I think as long as there's enough cross healing to help the tank out when they need it in the group, I think three people wearing this right here and no healer is going to be the dungeon meta for sure. Yeah, it's it's interesting to see and to think. Uh, you know, somebody who originally healer main, it's kind of, uh, it makes me slightly sad, I would say, to see kind of healers getting phased out, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. I don't it's know. Been, we'll, it's kind of, I feel like we've been fighting that for years too. It's yeah. like always, it's like hard to find that that balance. It's like, every, it's always just, well, we'd rather just have more damage. Like we're survivable yeah. enough. We just want more damage. Yep. 
Uh, let's move on to the other mythic item. Uh, this is Davius's new favorite. Oh, yeah. Pearls of Elnafe, I think is how they pronounced well, it. Very well pronounced there. Killed it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so whenever you cast a healing ability while your dominant resource is under 30%, gain five ultimate. And there's no cooldown stated there. So I think you can just kind of go nuts with that thing, right? This... This on my main, Davius. I mean, he's. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's always under thirty percent reason. I mean, he lives there. His breath of life is a spammable. Um, his sustain. That's a very weird build. We've talked about that in the past, but the amount of ultimate gain this is going to bring to him is. It. I just can't even imagine what it's going to do. It's just going to be. Because uh, he's already focused, fairly focused on generating ultimate, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of his sustain right now is kind of. He gets all of his magicka back when he's casting the Templar uh, ultimate heal. Uh, uh-huh. That's kind of that's how that builds re- like sustain works. Is that you kind of burn through all your magicka and then by that time you've got the ultimate ready, so you pop the ultimate. And while you're doing that ultimate, the magicka builds back up. So when you're done with it, you're ready to go again, and you just kind of repeat that process. So now, so this is like made made for that exact playstyle. Exactly. Like. Yeah. So it's just, I mean, it's just going to hit the whole process. Now it's just going to only happen even faster. Just spam breath of life, breath of life, breath of yeah. life, ultimate. Spam breath of life, breath of life, breath of life. It ultimate. is going to be. It is going to be so much fun. He, I think he's going to really benefit from this. Um, That's cool. Yeah, it's it's going to be exciting to watch that happen. It's going to be really exciting, especially with the new Battlegrounds news coming up. Oh, yeah. I bet nobody can guess what it is. Nobody knows what we're talking about. (laughs) Nobody knows. Uh, Uh, Yeah, but this is, of all the items, all the sets, this is the one I'm most excited about. This is going to be my goal day one, is to get this guy. Very nice. Um... So yeah, there's also that, so that's all the new armor sets. There's also some new uh, antiquities coming out. Um, those those two mythic items, uh, also some uh, new crafting motifs, a new hat, some new f- uh, furnishings. You can get a new pet, uh, and and then of course those mythic items. Um, so why don't we take a quick break right now, Davius, uh, and then we'll come back and get through the rest of these patch notes. So we'll be right back. Everything we've talked about up to this point, basically you have to buy the DLC or be an ESO Plus subscriber to get any of that. The rest of this stuff is going to be base game uh, stuff. So whether you're an ESO Plus subscriber or not, whether you buy the DLC or not, all this stuff uh, is going to apply to you and be accessible to you. Uh, And this first thing is probably the coolest thing, well, second coolest thing, in this entire patch, right? Yeah. yeah, that's a that's a good save. That's a good save. But uh, what a game changer this is! I mean, just wow. Absolutely, it's called item set collections. Um, man, I'm just I need to calm myself down so we can talk <laughs> about this. All right. Uh, <laughs> so they describe it as a new system to help you find and manage all the item sets in ESO. Uh, and it's comprised of like these two components. They have something that they refer to as the sticker book. And that's just like a nickname for this feature. It's not actually called that in the game, but we're going to call it a sticker book. Uh, and then there's this reconstruction um, feature as well. 
Um, so the sticker book, what, what this is, is uh, when you go to your collections menu, uh, there's a new tab called sets there. Uh, and when you go there, um, you'll see that it lists and categorizes all dropped sets in the game. So crafted sets are not a part of this. Uh, but every drop set in the game is listed there by category. So what zone it drops in or what dungeon or trial or whatever, uh, it's all there. There's also a search box so you can search for the name of a set and, it, and see all the details about that set, what the set does, where it comes from, how to get it, all that stuff. It's all built into the game. You don't have to open a web browser to find all that stuff. It's freaking incredible, right? Yeah. Minds, minds are blowing right now. If this is the first time you're hearing about this, this, this should be blowing your mind. Like you need to take a second rebuild your mind, and then continue listening. Just just pause for a second. <laughs> if, I then, stopped right, if I stopped right now and just said, that's all it is, that's pretty awesome, right? Yeah. Like just to have that reference in the game. <laughs> yeah. I, but wait, yeah, there's more. <laughs> uh, so uh, any set piece that has been bound to one of your characters uh, will show up here as having been collected by you. It'll be designated that you've collected that piece. Um, and then once a piece has been collected in this sticker book, it can be reconstructed anytime uh, using transmute crystals. Uh, so basically that allows you to safely like get rid of gear, like um, deconstruct it or sell it to a merchant or whatever. Uh, and then anytime, as long as you have the transmute crystals, you can just make yourself a new one. So like, say you have a veteran Maelstrom Arena lightning staff and you accidentally decon it. You're like, oh my gosh, I have to farm Maelstrom Arena again. How, how many runs is it going to take me to get that lightning staff? Well, fear not. You've collected that item. It's in your sticker book. So uh, as long as you have enough transmute crystals, you can go to a transmutation uh, station tr or a transmute station, uh, <laughs> spend those transmute crystals and make a new one. And it doesn't even cost crafting mats. It just costs the, the transmute crystals. That's that's the official mind blower right there. No mats, transmute crystals. This it's this is insane i mean it's insanity i mean the amount of effect this is going to have in the game i mean there's just i don't even feel like there's a way to predict it i mean this is just game economy what is this going to do it's uh, like it's it's going to shake it up big time man and uh another thing too is when you reconstruct an item like the item that you collect the the trait doesn't matter so like if I say I have a Mother's Sorrow sturdy helmet in my collection, uh, when I go to reconstruct that item, I can choose any trait that I want. As long as my character has researched and knows the trait, I can choose any trait that I want. I can make it well-fitted or whatever I want. Uh, so that's really, really cool. Um, the number of transmutes that it costs depends on how how many of the pieces of that set you've collected. So I'll just use Mother Sorrow as the as my example here. Uh, so if you've only collected one piece of Mother Sorrow, say just the headpiece, then it's going to cost 75 transmute crystals to, to reconstruct that item. But if you've collected every single Mother Sorrow piece out there, every body piece, every piece of jewelry, every weapon, everything, then it's going to cost 25 transmute crystals to reconstruct a Mother Sorrow piece. Um, and so that's cheaper than that's cheaper than transmuting an existing item, right? Like if I have a, an infused yeah. weapon and I want to make it sharpened, well, I'd actually just be better off reconstructing a new one in the in the sharpened trait that I want rather than transmuting my old one. If I have, you know, depending on how many pieces I've collected, it's crazy what this is going to do. I mean, transmute crystals 
immediately become the most valuable currency in the game, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, they kind of already were, but yes, like way, way more now. Yeah, and I just, I can't get over it. What is this going to do for the economy of the game? What does this do for crafters, you know, uh, you know, uh, trading guilds? Like, uh, this is crazy, you know? I I wonder if Zoss has their, you know, projections about that kind of stuff. Like, I wonder if they know what to expect or have an idea of what to expect, or if it's just like, (laughs) let's just see. Let's just see what's going to happen. I, I'm really excited about it. That's that's my biggest thing is that I think this is awesome. I love, you know, we always talk about how much theory crafting we do. We always are browsing through the sets, looking for new ideas, theory crafting, talking about sets that, you know, maybe would be cool for a certain type of build. So I love that that's going to be more uh, able to do in game. You know, the fact that you can now browse the sets in game, see them all. Um, this sticker book sounds like it's going to be awesome to be able to see that in game. Um but yeah, this is just such a huge thing to throw in here. Uh, so many huge things happening. Uh, yeah, really, I mean, really just a lot. so many huge things. That, but uh, I'm very, very excited about this. I love this. Um, you know, well, you're about to mention another thing that makes this even better. Uh, that's kind of the next thing we'll talk about. But uh, I think this is a great change. I, I love this. You know, what this is going to do for for character storage is going to be fantastic. I mean. I'm immediately going to go to my, my bank and just start deconning stuff uh, and just make sure that I have it all in my sticker book and then just start deconning stuff. There's so many. Yeah. There's so much that, stuff that's like, yeah. well, I, this seems kind of good. I don't want to get rid of it. I might use it, but I might not. Well, now I'm just straight up going to delete anything like that. Uh, the, for me, like spell power cure is a big one for me. I have mm-hmm. so Lich. many pieces of Lich. That's another good one. I have so many pieces of spell power gear just sitting in my bank, all different weapon styles, all, you know, all different armor styles, just, just in case that I may find some weird way to use it because I farmed that for so long and it's, you know, it's a pain to go and refarm those things. So just to know that I can just decon that stuff. Lich, like you said, so much lich item, you know, think of all the um, monster sets. Uh, I don't even decon any monster sets just in the chance that I may... There may be a change to one, or maybe I'll find a new way to use one. I have so many monster sets uh, in my bank. Um, so then also, whenever you deconstruct one of these reconstructed items, uh, it, refund, it refunds 25 transient crystals. Now, it's always 25, though. Regardless of how many it costs to make the item, you get 25 back. So, you know, if you have all the pieces collected, then you get all of your transient crystals back whenever you deconstruct that item. It's pretty yeah. awesome. That is pretty awesome. I mean, that big time quality of life stuff, you know. In general, they're um, they're kind of making the transit situation a lot easier on everyone. So there's that thing where you kind of get them refunded back. Also, uh, the the cap for transit crystals that your character is allowed to have yep. has been increased to 500 for non ESO plus subscribers. For ESO plus subscribers, is 1,000. Oh man. Which it's two hundred currently for for subscribers. Sing it! <laughs> yeah, that's amazing, man. That's uh, a, that's a pretty big increase. <laughs> that is fantastic. Yeah, this was the thing I was talking about. We're about to talk about that just makes it so much better. So not only that, not only are they increasing the cap, but they're also um, increasing the number of transient crystals that you can earn from PVE, like pledges and dailies and leaderboards, that kind of stuff. So PvE players that don't do a lot of PvP are going to have more transutes coming in. That's really nice. 
Uh, they're also increasing the number of transmutes that you can earn from uh, doing battlegrounds. So that's also really cool. Really, typically, it's Cyrodiil is like the only way, the only somewhat fairly non-time-consuming way to get transmute crystals. Um, it sounds like that may not be the case much longer. Okay, here's so we've alluded to this thing about a thousand times. We're finally at this oh, part yeah. of the outline. Um, some changes coming to battlegrounds. A little bit um, of changes. A little bit of changes. Namely, they are reintroducing grouping for battlegrounds. Can you believe it? Uh, I, I just, I don't, I don't even, I, I, I don't know, I don't know what to say. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> it just, this is number one. This is the best. If they, if they just said, "Hey, we're ending the Dark Heart of Skyrim." And the update is that we're bringing back Battleground groups. Q4 DLC, there is no DLC, but Battlegrounds, yeah, uh, Battlegrounds groupings like, back. All right. Job well Best done. Way, way to go, guys. <laughs> you did it. Uh, yeah, I, just all jokes aside, I mean, just awesome news. I mean, I don't know about you, but I can't say enough how I feel like they are doing such a good job listening to their player base lately. I mean, just really listening and 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 going off of feedback and and really diving into just listening to their player base and then giving the player base kind of what they want um and in a smart way within a you know a a protective way that's good for the game yeah i mean this is definitely something that players have been asking for ever since they took it away i, I would say the most devout battlegrounds players have been asking to bring grouping back over and over and over again. Uh, so it's it's definitely reassuring to see that that feedback has been heard and that they're trying to address that. Um, they did say, you know, they did give a caveat, this may not be a permanent change. We may go back. We're just going to have to see. So I guess we'll see. Um, but it's important to note, there is still going to be a solo queue. So uh, it's two separate queues, which I think is kind of the main thing that everyone has been saying what yep. should happen, right? Two separate queues, one for solo only, one for groups. Uh, and they they did mention that you can, you can queue up in the group queue as a solo player, just like it used to be. And so and just keep in mind, you'll be up against other people that could be grouped in duos or trios or, or quads or whatever. Um, I'm actually really curious to see, like, we have a, you know, we're, we're in a battlegrounds, uh, guild with a lot of really high end, like hardcore players. Mm -hmm. I wonder if they'll end up preferring the group queue, even as a solo player or not. You know, I, I'll be curious to, to see how that shakes out among, amongst the, like the really elite players. Yeah. Well, this is really smart. Cause like, you know, they're think of the data they're going to get off of this. I mean, they're, they're going to find out, you know, the, the, the long time argument is, you know, you go through the forums, you see the message boards and people say, no, everybody wants to be solo. Nobody likes group queues. And then people come in there and say, no, everybody loves group queues. They miss it. Uh, I mean, they're going to, they're going to find that data out real quick. Uh, you know, what's, what's going to, they're going to see, you know, right off the bat, which one of these queues has more attracts more players and more people go towards. So, um, what's interesting is in a, a forum discussion that one of the developers made about this, they said that they they haven't noticed the battlegrounds population decline really since making this change. Which you know you just have to take their word for that, but that's yeah. what they said. Um, so uh, so yeah, you can join the group queue as a solo player if you want, or a duo, or a trio. Um, but 
Here's the one caveat, and I think there's really no way around this. You cannot select the match type. You can only queue up for a random Battlegrounds match. Uh, it's a it's a bit of a bummer because I, I pretty much just do deathmatch all the time. Yeah. Um, but I totally, totally understand. I think if they didn't do this, we would be facing long queue times and it would be a frustrating experience. You think about it right now, the queue is already split into three different pools. And if we had a solo and a group queue, each with three different pools, well, now that's six different pools. You're never yeah. going to find a match, you know? So actually now, it'll just be two different pools versus three before. So it should be faster queue times than what yep. we're used to. I, I could see a lot of people probably, there'll be groups out there that'll be upset with this, but I am 100% okay with this. To to get group Battlegrounds back, that is so much better to me than, than this. And and those other matches can be fun. I, I'm with you. I mainly do deathmatch, but... Um, this is worth it to me. I, I 100% want oh, to yeah. pay this price to get group Absolutely. battlegrounds back. It's just so much. It's so much more fun. You know, we talk all the time about how uh, how much fun we used to have with duo battlegrounds, and and I know we're pumped about this. Uh, and um, those other modes are fun. And you know, yeah. I I forget sometimes because I'll just get like such like tunnel vision where I just want to do deathmatch after deathmatch and just keep seeing how how good my kill count can be. But it can be kind of refreshing to like do a flag game or something like that where it's not all about the kill counts. It's kind of like taking a break a little bit. Like it's still PVP, but it's a little bit more relaxed because it's not just about the kill counts. There's like objectives and stuff. I think it'll be a good thing to kind of have it mixed up like that. I think it'll it'll be good. I actually am guessing, I don't have anything to back this up, but I'm actually guessing that we're going to see more fighting in those types of matches. Because sometimes you can get in those matches and there's no real fighting. It's just kind of running around. But now all that deathmatch queue is going to kind of funnel into these other ones. And so I think those other matches are going to actually become more interesting from this because I think it's going to cause more confrontation and, and fighting in those style of matches. I also wonder how it's going to end up affecting like people's decisions that they make in their builds. You know, like yep. when I make a builds right now, almost all of my builds, I, I, I say they're non-CP PVP builds, but... They're really specifically deathmatch builds. That's where I do all the testing in, and that's really kind of how I measure success is how how well I do in, in deathmatch. But now deathmatch is just going to be one third of the matches that I do. You know, I have all these other things to consider, so I might want to take totally different things into consideration in my build just to make sure I'm prepared for whatever I come up against. Um, you know, only time's going to tell, but I, I bet it's going to have an effect. Yeah, I could definitely see that happening. Um, they said they also made some additional improvements to Battlegrounds matchmaking to help promote better long-term matchmaking. So that's the Battlegrounds updates. That's, that's the best part of the whole update. Second best is item set collection, uh, and then everything else. Um, just, I'll just, I mean, once again, just what a huge patch this is. I mean, just massive. It's a big one. Let's. Let's get into some combat and abilities changes. Um, not well. There's there's some kind of big ish stuff here. So light and heavy attacks were changed just a little bit. So uh, ranged uh, light and medium attacks uh, had their damage reduced by ten percent, and they say that's to ensure that they meet ranged damage standards. Uh, heavy attacks already meet these standards. Uh, also, all light, medium, and heavy attacks now dynamically scale with your highest offensive stats. That's really interesting. Um, yeah. So, like, if you're a magicka build and you want to use a great sword, 
you know, typically one big drawback from that is, well, a lot of your damage comes from light attack weaves, and that's a stamina weapon, so your light attack weaves are going to be really weak. Well, that's a, there's a solution to that right here. Uh, that's, that's really nice. I know a lot of people, that's something that is a big complaint, is like Magicka builds want to be able to use different weapons and not suffer so much for it. Davis, I've heard you complain about that before. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I love the idea of, and this kind of goes back to what I've been saying, you know, they really seem to be given a lot of love to kind of the uh, Magicka style brawler build. I mean, think how great this is for Magdi case that are already up there in melee range and now they can throw a great sword on there. I mean, that's... I would like to see them take it one step further and make like the resource return from your heavy attacks work the same way, scale off of your max offensive stats. And then we'd just, we'd be perfect and we can just move on. That's got to be coming, right? That's got to be the next step. They... That's, uh, yeah, that's, the, that's, the, that's the final little touch. And then I yeah. think everyone's happy there. So major, minor buffs and debuffs. Here we go. <laughs> well, I'm going to try to skim through this fairly quickly. It's kind of a lot, though. So they're changing, for, for one, they're changing how all of these buffs, all of the major and minor buffs, uh, are calculated on the server. Basically, yada, 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 performance reasons, right? It's just, <laughs> it's just going to perform better now, apparently. Uh, in addition to that, they have adjusted the values of basically almost every major or minor buff, major and minor buff in the game uh, to align them with what they call the set bonus efficiency. All right, so it's more standardization. I basically have every single major minor buff in the game listed here. I'm not going to go over every single one, but suffice it to say, almost all of them were touched on. Uh, yeah. I'll just name a few, uh, like minor expedition. It, it was buffed. It's 15% instead of 10% movement speed. Uh, major breach now affects both physical and spell penetration, uh, and then minor and major fracture no longer exist. They were taken out of the game, so now it's just major breach does both, rather than having breach for magicka penetration and fracture for stamina penetration. Um, so they've they've both been combined. Um, major defile it was cut down to 16% healing reduction instead of 30%, so nearly cut in half. Minor defile, same thing. It's 8% instead of 15%. Now, I know I know defile is something that is a, is a scourge right now, honestly. Yeah. Uh, that is a ma massive, massive debuff uh, or nerf to that debuff and to stamina necromancers, uh, you know, by relation. Yeah, it definitely seems like that's the the stamina necros might be finally kind of getting knocked down a peg. Uh, it's kind of been. Uh, I wonder if it's enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, one that stands out to me also is all of the recovery buffs: uh, fortitude, endurance, intellect. The minor and major versions uh, were both doubled. That's so, uh, so minor fortitude is now twenty percent, and and endurance and intellect. That's what major fortitude, endurance, and intellect used to be. It used to be 20%. Now it's 40%, you know, on, on PTS, that is. Um, pretty pretty crazy. I think we're going to be seeing like pre-Morrowind levels of sustain. I don't know if you remember on when Morrowind hit, they just took everyone's sustain away. Uh, <laughs> and it seems like ever since then, it's like slowly bit by bit, they've just been giving it back a little bit at a time. And now we're like maybe even going to be going past that. Yeah, that's a big one. 
Pretty wild. Uh, Berserk, Major and Minor Berserk were drastically nerfed. Major Berserk is no longer 25% damage done. It's 10% damage done. Minor Berserk is now 5% damage done instead of 8%. Uh, you know, Major Courage, it was actually buffed. It now, it now gives you a 430 uh, uh, weapon and spell damage buff instead of 258. So nearly doubled. Yeah, that's a big one. Um, we have a new... Uh, debuff, uh, Major and Minor Brittle. Uh, so Minor Brittle increases the target's critical damage taken by 10%, uh, and then Major Brittle, it's 20%, although they say not yet sourced. So I guess technically Major Brittle doesn't exist in the game, except in theory. A bunch of others. I'm not I'm not mentioning all the others. Is there any you wanted to mention, Davius? The only thing I would say, you know, they're buffing Minor Expedition I feel yeah. like that there's a lot of focus with speed lately. Oh, you know, yeah. We talk big about time. Big, I feel like I wish, I don't know, I wish that it would get to a point where it was easier to figure out speed. Like, shouldn't that just be a stat on a character sheet at this point that. Yeah, like plus percent movement yeah, speed. I feel like that we, should, we should be able to just see that like we do weapon damage. I feel like speed's become such a big deal now that we. That it's time to to that we should just see that on the stat sheet. That's That's probably the only thing I would say. The minor expedition, you know. Uh, more buff to speed, um, but it just kind of that kind of made me think about how big of a deal speed's been lately, and how more focus is kind of going that way. Yeah, they've been really cranking the speed and just damage and everything. I think and even sustain. It's like everything yeah. except survivability. You know, I think they really want a high speed, like fast time to kill, very fast action pace kind of situation going is what they're yeah. trying to make happen. Which I'm not, I'm not mad about it. I think I'm fine with that. Yeah, I mean, I think all these are pretty good. I, you know, taking the necro down a peg, that that makes sense. Anybody, you know, that's been in battlegrounds, that makes sense. That, but, oh yeah. And, and then the other note I had was, like you said, the 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 sustain. This is going to be huge. I mean, that's that's going to cause a lot of people to kind of go and and you know, in PvP to go and rework their builds because uh, they've got a lot of freedom now to to move stats around. Oh yeah, totally. Like. I'll I'll be, I'll be taking a lot of sustain out of my builds now because I mean my just my potion and rally alone is going to be giving me twice as much as they used to yep. like yep. you know it's going to be wild but I mean so the damage is going to go way way up yeah I mean I that's kind of that's kind of seems like what the easy change is going to be right all those all those jewelry glyphs that were sustained everybody's just going to be switching those right over to damage now right? I'm, I mean, I'm that's, betting. Yeah, it's just going to be straight damage, jewelry, and Munda stones across the board. If if your major and minor uh, recovery buffs are doubled, I feel like that's enough right there. And like your medium or light armor passives, you know, and you're probably yeah. set. Yep, I agree. Um, so yeah, that's the major minor buff system. Highly recommend reading over the patch notes to see all the details there. I, we definitely didn't mention everything. Oh, I do have to. I do have to. I do have a big thing to mention here, and this okay. is big. Heroism, safe guys. Don't worry about it. It's good. Heroism, <laughs> minor major heroism, not on the list. Untouched. Uh, that's the ult. That's the ulti region one, yeah. right? I, I wonder if that's the only one that's not on the list. Maybe uh, it might be literally the only one. It's hilarious, but I I scrolled through this list. That's you know that's my favorite buff. It's probably obvious, but uh, Zoss is in really in alignment with you and their <laughs> the, the changes that they make and stuff that they add to the game. Uh, guys, I admit it. They call me in the middle of the week. That you know I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm admitting it. 
<laughs> they throw me a bone every now and then. <laughs> uh, uh, but yes, um, heroism is safe. So all, all you ulti-gen lovers, we're good. Don't worry about it. Thank goodness. Uh, I'm not going to really get into class changes. There were a few minor adjustments to some class stuff. Um, there's some interesting things going on with Warden and Subassault, especially with Stam Warden. I guess I will get into this a little bit. <laughs> Basically, the the Magicka morph of Subassault, um, Deep Fissure, it applies um, both kinds of penetration now, right? Magicka and physical penetration. Uh, and then the Stamina Morph does not give any kind of pen penetration whatsoever anymore. Uh, and instead, what happens is it basically you get two casts out of out of one. So you you cast it once after three seconds, it hits, and then three seconds later, it hits again. Uh, so basically, it amounts to a sustain buff, I think. Um, and I think most wardens, at least PvP uh, wardens, would really rather have that penetration. I think in PvE, it's probably a pretty big DPS buff. So it just depends on what you do, whether that's a good or a bad thing. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's all I'm going to go over with classes. Everything else I think was pretty minor. Um, some stuff happening with the Destruction Staff, and particularly with Frost Staffs. Um, so they say Frost Staffs have received adjustments to help them further stand out as a tank and support-oriented weapon type. Um, so applying Chilled while actively holding a Frost Staff now applies Minor Brittle, that new debuff we just talked about, uh, in addition to the other effects. So it's important to point out Minor Brittle was not added to the Chilled status effect. It's only when you apply Chilled status effect while holding a Frost Staff, then you get that extra Minor, minor Brittle uh, thrown in there as well. Um, also, um, Destructive Clench, um, that morph of, of that ability, the Frost version is now a taunt, a 15-second single-target taunt. Uh, and there's another element of that that we'll talk about here in a second. Uh, Wall of Elements, the ground AoE, the Frost version of this ability uh, now applies a damage shield to you and five nearby enemies uh, that absorbs projectiles. Uh, but it no longer snares enemies, so it doesn't it doesn't slow people down anymore, uh, and it deals twenty five percent less damage than the fire and lightning versions of this ability. So they're kind of solidifying it as a support type ability. Now the the chilled status effect still happens; people can still get immobilized. So I think if you're using this as a CC ability, it's still all good in my opinion. I think it's still yeah. great for that. Yeah, I agree with you there. The impulse ability, this is the uh, AoE spammable that kind of goes in a circle around you when you cast it. Um, so each elemental type of this ability and its morphs have gained new functionality, they say. Uh, so the flame version now deals bonus damage based on your target's missing health if they're burning. <laughs> There's a couple of conditions there. Uh, the frost version now will give minor protection to you and six nearby group members for six seconds. Now remember, that's a, that's a minor... Uh, buff, so it was probably adjusted and probably isn't as strong as it used to be, but, you know, it's there. Uh, the shock version will deal 5% uh, more damage to each enemy that you hit, up to 30% maximum. So that shock one's actually really, really good, which makes sense. It's an AoE, shock is an AoE thing. Yeah. Uh, and then the Tri-Focus passive. Uh, this passive no longer causes your heavy attacks uh, with a Frost Staff to taunt, right? So, um... Frost, frost Clench is now your taunt. Uh, heavy Attacks with the Frost Staff no longer taunt. 
That's probably overall a good thing for the game. There's a lot of people who don't know that that taunts and they end up pulling aggro away from tanks and it's <laughs> annoying. For me personally, I liked having a taunt that I didn't have to slot on my uh, skill bars. It's really handy, especially for my uh, Magcro healer. She basically doubles as a tank in Imperial City and I, I just enjoyed that. Yeah. But I think overall, this is probably a good thing. Yeah, I think so too. Um, also the trifocus passive, they increase the strength of the damage shield that it grants from heavy attacks, uh, up to 25% of your max health, uh, instead of 8%. So a giant buff there. Uh, and then destruction expert This passive now also grants 1800 magicka whenever you absorb damage with a frost staff damage shield every 10 seconds. So that's a big mouthful, a lot about frost staff there, but just... Some adjustments. I think mostly what I use Frost Staff for is probably not going to change. I'm probably going to keep using it, and I don't think I'll even notice. Well, I'll notice that visual of that new shield because I tested that out, and it is very, very obvious. <laughs> and it like it surrounds everyone who's nearby. So like basically everyone's just going to be surrounded by this like rotating frost wall, uh, which I don't like. I don't like stuff that other people can apply to me that obscures what my character looks like too much. It annoys me. I, you know, this is, it's interesting how they're really, I, I think overall, I like the fact that they're really kind of diving into the three elements and, and you know, making them more focused. I think that's good. Uh, I'm with you. I don't know if I'll notice a whole lot of these differences, but maybe all combined, uh, it will be, you know, a noticeable difference, but I think it's good. I mean, I like that the Frost Staff is coming, you know, I think Frost Tanks are becoming more and more viable, and I think this only supports that. Uh, from you know from the PVE side, um, and for support characters, um, I think this is also good. You know, frost staffs. If you're a support character, you're obviously probably going to have. Uh, if you're a Magicka support, you're going to have a, a resto staff. Uh, but it really kind of supports having a, a a frost staff on the other bar. Uh, so I, I think it's good changes overall. Yeah, I think I think it's not going to make me stop using a frost staff on the characters that I use it on. Yeah. Um, they've made some adjust adjustments to a bunch of existing armor sets. Uh, I'm certainly not going to go through this list because it's it's a ton, but it's basically all related to these adjustments to the major minor buff system. So pretty much every set that provides a major or minor buff was adjusted to, to compensate for all the changes that were made, made to those buffs. So it's like, basically, if a, if a buff was nerfed, then the duration was extended or something like that. More or less across the board, that's kind of what we're seeing. So um, the example I wrote down here was like uh, Major Vitality. Uh, the, the potency of Major Vitality was cut in half. Uh, and so the Black Rose Prison Resto Staff, uh, the duration of ma Major Vitality that that gives was doubled, right? It's twice as long as it used to be, but half as potent. So overall the same like mathematical amount of value that you're getting out of that. Um, so if you use any sets that give any kind of major or minor buff, uh, you may want to take a look at this and see how that's being adjusted to, to compensate for those changes. Some other miscellaneous things, uh, they added uh, searching and subcategories to inventory screen. So like your main inventory screen, the bank screen, mail, uh, all of that, uh, you can you can use a keyword to search for all that stuff. Uh, and you can also subcategorize. So like if you click on the armor section of your inventory screen, 
then it'll break it down into heavy, medium, light, jewelry. That's something that PC players have used add-ons on, add-ons for, for a long time. Yep. And it, so it's nothing new, but hey, it's one less add-on I have to use. And, you know, that's great. And console players rejoice, right? Yeah. I mean, once again, I, you know, I think we both just love quality of life upgrades and, and there's quite a few on this one. It's, it's nice. Yeah. And that's such a seemingly small one, but massively impactful. Man, we spend a lot of time in our inventory. If you've been playing this game for a while, you're going to be spending a lot of time in your inventory. So that's, mm -hmm. that's nice. Uh, also, the crafting stations now have um, quest trackers for like writs and certifications and that kind of stuff. Um, so it'll, it'll show you which crafting quest that you have. It'll activate that and it'll show you the mats that you need to use to complete that quest. So that's another add-on I can get rid of, right? That's great. Yep. Once again, yeah. Another quality of life upgrade. Uh, keep bringing them. Love it. Uh, I love that they're getting an idea of, of how many add-ons we need for, for inventory screens and, and crafting and equipment and things like that. So like you said, oh, less, yeah. the less add-ons, the better. Um, so. Yeah, and just better quality of life, especially for console players, you know, because they can't use add-ons. So I mean, we've talked um, about it. For console players... You know, we we got to give you all a shout out because I can't imagine some of the add-ons that we play with. I can't imagine not having them. Yeah, that's pretty much all the PTS stuff we wanted to talk about. One other thing that was kind of mentioned on the forums this week that I thought was worth bringing up is that um, the the issue of missing health bars that you may have noticed in Battlegrounds or Imperial City um is being addressed they're, they've acknowledged that they're aware of that issue they're working on a fix which means to me if if a developer is commenting on a forum saying that they're aware of the issue that usually means they think they know how to fix it and it's <laughs> probably going to be getting fixed that's why they've mentioned it is they they know how to fix it now right exactly they, because this has been an issue for a long time and yes. they're just now talking about it um so that's that's really cool really good to hear that is actually the most frustrating bug yes. I think in, in the game that I've ever seen because it's it's so hard in, in the heat of action in a battleground especially where there's so much going on there's all these visual effects and, all, and you know pets and everything everywhere and you like just straight up can't see your teammates standing right next to you you know it's so yep. hard to tell and so hard to stay with your team it makes a huge difference those health bars yep it sounds like such a minor bug but anybody who does a, a lot of uh, pvp understands how big of a of a bug this has been so this yeah. is really exciting to see. it's a big big issue uh, very happy um i think that's kind of everything we wanted to talk about right was there anything else man we did it we got through this <laughs> massive patch got through uh, the patch notes <laughs> what do y'all think how long was it you know email us <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um yeah, so um, no emails this week, but if you'd like to send us an email, you can email us at scrollinpodcast at gmail.com. That's scrolling with an I-N, no G, scrollinpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think about these patch notes. If there's anything you'd like to hear us talk about, any questions that you have, any anything you'd like to clear up if we were maybe incorrect or just uh, inaccurate on uh, while you're listening, really whatever you'd like to say, feel free to drop us a line. Um, we have a guild called Stoons Goons. We have plenty of spots open if you're interested in just hanging out with us on Discord, uh, going out for uh, Goon Night, where we typically just go into Imperial City and wreak havoc. Although now that grouping in Battlegrounds is yeah. coming back, Goon Night might end up being more Battlegrounds focused. Um, so that's exciting. But anyway, it's mostly 
we do all kinds of stuff, you know, dungeon runs, trials. A lot of times we just are each doing our own thing and we're just goofing off in Discord and, and whatever. It's really just kind of a social thing. Um, so, you know, all aboard for that. Anything else? Uh, I think that's it. I think we covered it. I hope Man, we, <laughs> we made it. Okay, well, I guess we will call that an episode right there. We'll catch you next time for episode 33. See you later.